The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to move from your good life to one that is amazing? Then you've tuned in to the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you the tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is amazing. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and first and foremost, I just want to give a heartfelt thank you with gratitude for all of you that listen to our show, that share the show from good to amazing with all your family and friends and your social network. It just really means a lot to have so many of you following these ideas that we offer each and every week of tools rather than rules, which can enhance each of us to think about our lives and the possibility of moving from good to amazing. Today, I'm thrilled that our guest is Suzanne Giesman. She's the acclaimed author of nine books. I think that would just be a conversation by itself is when she has time to do all that. But anyway, we're so grateful to have Suzanne on the show. She captivates audiences all over the globe, and she teaches people how to live that love-centered life. Suzanne, thank you for being on our show today. It's a pleasure to have you. Good morning, Temple. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here. Well, I was so taken by uh, hearing about your story and because you are a story that really gives people the opportunity to have a paradigm shift of how they can move from a, a career that's very comfortable, that's very settled and reassuring to a whole new dimension in life. Why don't you tell our audience today um, the way that you got started because you were a very accomplished with 20 years in as a U.S. Navy officer. That's right. I, I feel like I'm on a second career now with my first one being that military career. I spent 20 years in the Navy, retired with the rank of commander and had uh, the great honor at the end of my career as serving for the head of the entire United States military, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I was his personal assistant. And these days being a spiritual teacher um, and giving personal sessions where I, um, I can uh, tap into other realms of reality is quite a switch from somebody with such a linear background. Quite a switch, I would I would say, and I also think that it gives so many people hope. You know your story of how yeah. you moved from one particular here I am comfortable, and now look at what I've evolved into. Well, when you were in more of that left brain kind of work that you were doing with intentionality and making a difference in the world, and and know all, all that how did you get into um, did you have like an awakening or an epiphany or that brought you into a place of I'm all about spirit now I did and it was one that that affected uh, almost everyone in the world it was uh, September 11th 2001 I was the aide to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs on that day and we were in the last plane in the air 
and our plane actually flew right over the burning World Trade Center towers. And then we landed at Washington and went back to my office building, which was the Pentagon, which was on fire. And uh, working in that building as it burned for three days and as they looked for bodies was just, had just a tremendous effect on me that caused me to start asking those deep life questions that I hadn't really pondered until that point in my life. Why are we here? What is the purpose of life? Why were some people in the wrong, time, wrong place at the wrong time? And uh, until that time, I had been able to put those questions aside, but that was really the catalyst. I just got, you know, chills all over me in the back of my neck when you were talking about that. I mean, I could literally see the image of your plane going over and, you know, just getting the sense of, of the magnitude of, of that from anywhere from shock to awakening to, you know, tragedy to just a, a wide range of, of thoughts and feelings that must have been going on at, at that particular time, aside from feeling the intrusion or the vulnerability that as a country that all of us felt, that's for sure. Right. And, and one of the things that I teach in my workshop is that all of us changed at that time. We all experienced some kind of a change in ourselves and our thinking. But for many people, it wasn't permanent. And for me at the time, it went, I went back to my normal mode of thinking but I tell people that life has a way of teaching us the lessons that we came here to learn. And uh, I hadn't learned my lessons yet. And sometimes they come in just really hard, hard ways to deal with. And, and uh, my jolt back to true awakening was when my stepdaughter was uh, struck by lightning and killed in 2006. And uh, she was six months pregnant at the time. And, this was such a, a tragedy that I, I could no longer not face those questions. You know, what is this life all about? Why was she in the wrong place at the wrong time? And why did she have to go so young? And those changes that were not permanent back in 2011, 2001 at 9-11, uh, I would say they've become permanent now because I have experienced a true transformation, permanent change in my way of viewing the world and in my own spiritual awakening as a result of no longer ignoring those those life questions. Well, what would you say, Suzanne, from the questions that that you delved into, not only in September 11, 2001, but when your stepdaughter died so tragically along with her child, um, what were some of those awarenesses that or or takeaways that that you received that motivated you to even you know want to communicate with other people the the power of those questions i'm i'm going to be preaching to the choir with you here but the key to me for my awakening was meditation because i made it my whole goal to find out if my stepdaughter susan's spirit still existed i just realized after seeing her body at the funeral, that the spirit is what enlivens the body, and she had to still exist in some form. And if I was going to communicate with her at that level, I knew that I needed to start meditating. And with my military discipline, I began meditating every day. And uh, for the past six years, I, I doubt I've missed more than one or two days. And that has been the key to my transformation, because it's in that meditative state when you shift your consciousness away from this physical reality 
as you know, Temple, that's when you become aware that there's something so much greater than this physical self, that there's a whole other dimension than that, that it is ruled over by this awesome, loving consciousness. And once you tap into that on a regular basis, there's no going back. Well, I'm very interested also in, because a lot of our listeners, you know, many of them are, are new to a lot of these um, modalities that we're talking about. And so I like to kind of take words and elaborate um, for people to understand exactly what we're talking about because the word meditation is very broad. You know, um, in shamanism, the walking meditation is one of immense power that develops, you know, a greater sense of communication and awareness. Um, some people think of meditation as, oh, you mean I'm not supposed to be doing any work, you know, I'm <laughs> supposed to just be sitting and staring out the window and kind of contemplating. Um, when you have been doing a meditation for yourself and a practice, <clears throat> would you be willing to share with us, you know, what exactly you do to create a space that brings you to that place of mindfulness for yourself? Yes, well. The biggest complaint I hear from people is they think that they have to completely quiet the mind, and and it is more of a contemplative thing for me. But what I do to get into that quiet place is I always start with a period of prayer and making that connection with that higher presence that takes me out of this conscious waking state that we're all in when we're constantly doing, doing, doing. And so in prayer, I make that connection, and I know now that that this is a period of communion with something much greater than myself, but also within myself. So once I make that shift, then I try to be quiet and I ask to blend with a greater consciousness and to feel that presence. And then I sit in that awareness. And sometimes, Temple, I just sit there and tears roll down my face because the the feeling of love that comes over me is almost overwhelming. And then... uh, (laughs) I've tapped into some pretty high intelligence and I actually start to hear wonderful guidance that I know is not coming from me. I'll often hear things in my meditations that later in the day or the next day I will read in a book that I'm led to pick up. It's amazing. Mm. That's that's really powerful. I don't know if you're aware of this, but for our listeners, especially those individuals that are with unity, you know, that's part of the process in which Charles Fillmore, now Myrtle, had a physical healing, which was considered a modern-day miracle in her time because she had tuberculosis, and they had told her that by 40 or at 40, she was going to die, and she started working with the affirmation, I am a child of God, and therefore I do not inherit disease, but Charles was more scientific and needed more proof. It's like, oh, come on now. You know, there's got to be, I have to understand this. You know, it has to make sense. And He's he was, a man after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that, you you definitely have some similarities with him uh, all the way around. But what happened is he would do meditation. And he thought, well, I'll give it a try. You know, I'll, I'll work with this idea. And so about the same time every day, he would go into this meditative place and the same thing, he would start having awarenesses about real estate transactions and mm-hmm. things or he would be nudged to do a certain thing. And then a short time after, in real time, those very things would play out 
and start to happen. And so, like yourself, he went, oh, wow, there's, there's really, um, you know, a great something to this. Like in shamanism, we say that past time, present time, and future time are, are one time. And, you know, how to sit in that and to be in that awareness of consciousness is absolutely amazing. Well, did it take you a period of time to keep practicing it, or did it come natural right away? Oh, no, it was uh, several months before I started to notice that I just, uh, I knew things when I was in my normal waking state, working and walking about. I would suddenly have what people would call psychic uh, knowingness about other people. And I was thinking, how do I know that? And then I discovered uh, that not only was I tapping into intelligence during my meditation sessions, but I was able to hmm, receive evidence, clear facts and evidence about the lives of uh, other people's loved ones who had passed to the other side. And this is the big switch for this this Navy commander here. And just like uh, you were just saying, I wanted to know, how is this possible? And so I began studying quantum physics, which for a former uh, liberal arts major was another big shift. But that was what gave me the explanation that this is scientifically uh, proven that there is another dimension of reality when you get below the level of physical matter. And so I now understand that when I'm able to tap into guidance and wisdom that anybody can access. All I'm doing is making what you might call a quantum shift, the quantum leap into a realm beyond the physical. And boy, when you can do that, you just uh, create miracles in your life. Well, I know that, you know, there's so many people that are listening and going, you know, what? I mean, (laughs) and now for you, it's just like, oh, and I had, you know, I I had dinner at Ruby Tuesdays, you know, (laughs) it's like, oh, this is, you know, such a natural part of my life now. But um, I would love you to elaborate a little bit, because as I know, and you know, and especially we see it with children now that are born on the planet, so tuned in, so tapped in, Mm -hmm. so turned on to these natural gifts that aren't woo-woo, they're just natural. And we all have that capacity to do the things that you're talking about. But we uh, people in general have the tendency to go, oh, that that couldn't be possible. Or, oh, no, I just, it's my imagination. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm daydreaming or or whatever. So here you are, Miss U.S. Navy officer. Here you are starting to have some awakening how did you know that someone from the other side was talking to you? Did it feel like a phone call? I mean, is it like, here we come? I mean, break it down for us a little okay. bit. Well, I went to, to visit uh, what most people would know as a medium, somebody who, has been, who already knows that they can tap into the other side. And they brought through such evidence from my stepdaughter that that showed me that it is possible to tap okay. into those who have passed on. So I began to study that practice. And I learned that there are ways that you can tune in. And so I actually received training in this. I went to England and studied with some of the best evidential mediums. And when I say evidence, (laughs) Temple, I don't want somebody to just tell me that my grandmother with gray hair is talking to them and that she loved me very much. I want hardcore facts. This Navy officer wants, wants you to prove it to me. And so if I sit with someone and say, I am uh, sensing a presence here because I feel a shift around me. I want to be able to tell them, well, I sense that you 
lost a father. And I feel my hands on a wheel. I think your father was a truck driver. And I have a pain in my abdomen, and I'm hearing cancer. Your father died of colon cancer. And the person sits across from me and says, all of that is totally accurate. Well, then I know I'm not making this up because there's no way I could know this. And the best part is when I tell people things that they don't know about their loved ones who have passed, and they have to go and track down another relative to say, yeah, that's what dad used to do. Then they know I wasn't just reading their minds either. It's not just telepathy. I'm tapping into living consciousness. And that's what makes this, to me, sacred work, because it shows what all great religions have been teaching forever, that, that life is eternal. And we are spirit beings here and now, and that death is just a transition. Mm, that's so powerful. Now, do you teach other people how to do this now, or do you refer them to the places that you went in England? Um, well, you know, I've, I've only been doing this, this work of attunement for about three years now. I've given several hundred, about over 400 private sessions with people. So I still consider myself a teenager at this. <laughs> I think the best people to teach that are those who have, who have been doing it for much longer. But what I teach is, is what you mentioned at the beginning – Love-centered living, that's teaching everybody that as spirit beings now, as eternal spirit-based beings, what we do now truly matters. So I teach people to live with awareness of our true nature and live in alignment with that true nature. And that's something that everybody can relate to. And uh, when I can back that up with evidence that I get through my sessions, and with concepts from science and consciousness, then people really listen and say, hey, maybe this applies to me in my life too. Oh, that's so incredible. I want to reiterate that you can go to um, Suzanne Giesman's website. It's loveatthecenter.com, loveatthecenter.com. We're getting ready to go to break. I want to thank all of you for joining us today. And we will be right back um, right after this short message. You are listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. To support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Your contribution helps us broadcast messages of love and inspiration throughout the world. Are you feeling trapped by a situation you can't control? Don't know where to find help? Do you wonder if help even exists? It does, and it's always been there for you, hidden inside the ancient New Testament story of Lazarus. Unity Books invites you to unlock the secrets to peace and healing in The Lazarus Blueprint, new from best-selling authors Mary Alice and Richard Jafola. Marvel as they unveil six steps for overcoming seemingly impossible situations. Read about people like you who've used the steps to triumph over personal illness, financial hardship, and even the loss of a loved one. The Lazarus Blueprint offers a fresh new approach for fixing anything in your life. 
with steps so universal, timeless, and powerful, they can work for everyone. Make it your turning point. Get The Lazarus Blueprint today, online at unitybooks.org. Unity Online Radio is turning five this year, and we're throwing the biggest bash of all. A cruise to the Caribbean, November 10th through 17th, 2012. We'll celebrate in style aboard Holland America Line's Eurodam, with sunshine, fine dining, and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the Eastern Caribbean. Plus, feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation. Your favorite host will be there, and we hope you join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, go to www.unity.fm slash cruise. Thank you for tuning in for From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at amazing at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And thank you for joining us, um, everyone, on From Good to Amazing as we continue to offer tools for an amazing life. And our guest today is Suzanne Giesman. You can go to her website, loveatthecenter.com. It's very interesting as we were talking about the first segment and just to reiterate that tragedy has a way of opening us, cracking us open, if you will, at the heart level. And Suzanne, being a U.S. Navy officer at the time, in the highest ways of of government, traveling on 9-11, being the last plane in the air, to then find herself in 2006 tragically losing her stepdaughter, carrying child. Um, Those kind of things have the capacity to, to wake us, to even define us to what we're really here to bring to the world, our gifts, our talents, even though it's not easy at the time or there are no words to even imply what one walks through. But Suzanne, you are a a living embodiment of actually what I teach and uh, speak about so often is that you can go through tragedies in your life and as as rough or horrible as they are at the time, on the other side of it, when you really walk through it and with it and you delve into it, you can indeed have more energy than what you started out with prior to those events occurring. And having the fortune, good fortune of meeting you in person, person um you just glow like a you know huge big light bulb so you're another you know living example of of what i teach that that's so true but in our society you know we're told that we go through these things and how do we make it and you know i don't know how you just keep going and you know there's this race consciousness of that you're going to be less rather than more so anyway i wanted to acknowledge that about you and thank, thank you. you for being a a great role model in that capacity because i know you feel like i do that when we leave this life we ought to have more energy than what we came 
into this life having. And that's really what the truth is all about. Well, you were talking about how you went from your life and things proving themselves and being more scientific in nature to now being able to hear messages from the other side and uh, for about three years listening to different people and being in session with people and connecting with their loved ones and their and their family. That's absolutely fascinating <laughs> of how your life has shaped into this whole new um, way of being. Well, yeah, if I could add, Temple, to what you were saying, when we, we talked earlier about these, these difficult life lessons that we all go through, the reason we go through them is for our spiritual growth, for our souls to evolve, because that's why we're here, to let our spirit evolve more and grow. And so when you can learn and make something better come of tragedy, that's the whole point. And that's why I dedicate all of my work now to my stepdaughter's memory. But some people do get stuck in their grief, and that's totally understandable, which is what makes my work so important to me now. Just yesterday, I got an email from a woman that I did a session with just a few weeks ago. And in that session, I sensed uh, her son who had passed to the other side about a year ago. And I was able to bring through that hardcore evidence. I sensed the trauma to the head and a fall. I brought through exactly what his personality was like because I was feeling it. He blended so well with me, I could describe him to a T and certain things that he liked to do. And the email from his mom that I got just yesterday was just full of gratitude. And she thanked me and she said she's finally unstuck from her grief that she's been in for a year, and for the first time in a year, she can feel emotions again. So sometimes we need that little push to get us unstuck, and we just need that reminder that we don't need to stay in our grief. And when we know that our loved ones who have passed are still with us and would not want us to grieve, but to know that they're right there rooting for us and saying, get over it now and move on, grow from this, well, that just uh, gives us all the more impetus to move on and change our lives because of that event. Absolutely. Well, tell us a couple of more examples because it's just such fascinating work. And I know that people find such hope and reassurance to know that life is eternal and it does go on. Okay. One one reading that made me laugh was a woman came for a session. She said, I'd like my husband to have a session with you too. And I said, okay. And he wanted to go first. So he came in and he sat down. And I said, so do you, are you okay with what we're about to do here to tap into the, the consciousness of other people who have passed over? And he says, well, I'm kind of on the fence about all of this. So I said, well, let's just see what happens. So I, I made that shift in consciousness. And I said, I sense that you have a friend that passed to the other side. And he passed in his middle years, way before his time. And I was able to tell him how his friend passed. I said, you guys used to ride motorcycles around. And I said, this guy was a bit of a character, your friend. You see, this is evidence, Temple. And I said, you know, I think your friend smoked funny cigarettes. And this, and this guy's eyes were getting really big as I'm telling him these things. And, <laughs> and he's saying, yeah, he did. And I said, and for, I'm hearing the word bro. He's calling you bro. Would he have said, hey, bro? And his eyes get even bigger. And he says, he called me that all the time and it went on and on like that. And at the end of the session, when I thanked his friend for coming through and proving to us that life is eternal, I looked at, it, I looked at this, uh, this client of mine and I said, so what do you think? And he looked back at me with big eyes and he said, 
Well, I'm not on the fence anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would definitely do it, wouldn't it? Oh, that's that's so cool. So you're kind of answering another another thought that I was having that um, sometimes people they can just come and not specifically have a person in their minds that they want to connect with, but ah. just in that sense of openness, people also will come through to them. Are they sometimes really surprised because they oh, yeah. didn't anticipate someone would want to connect with them? Or Yes, and you've, ra- you've brought up a really important point. This is something that I learned in England when I studied uh, at the college over there, is that in my work, I serve those who have passed on first and not the client. I give them a voice again. And so the people that come through, the people that I sense, are the ones that most want or need to come through. In many cases, to give apologies that they didn't give while they were still here. So I had one client sitting with me, and I said, I'm sensing a husband on the other side, and oh my goodness, he's showing me that he, he was a little rough on you. And she said, Make him go away. And her, her fear was so great that I, I said mentally to what I was, this, this consciousness that I was sensing, I said, please go away. She's uncomfortable with this. And with that came this push to apologize for his behavior. And I passed that on, and she didn't want to hear it. But once he had passed on that apology with a little bit more evidence of the fact that he had been in jail and other things that proved to her, I was really tapping into him. Once he passed along that apology, that presence faded. It went away. So he was the last person she wanted to hear from. But for his own soul's growth, because we continue to grow even after this life, he needed to come through and make amends. Mm, that's so so powerful. Mm. Well, one of the things that I know that um, people are thinking and for various members of our audience, um, this is a another door now that we find ourselves in our society today with a, a, a number of people uh, taking their own lives. And oh, yeah. that, that, of course, is, is so different from you know, many years ago, it's like you heard about that, you know, once every five years. And now you hear about it a lot. Have you actually had the experience of communicating with a person or persons that have? I have. I have. They've taken their own lives. And and I often wonder if now they're coming through to me more often because I can sense that so easily. But uh, I will feel this darkness around me right away and then they show me the various ways in which they did take their lives which is very evidential to the person that's sitting with me and that darkness then lifts because they show me that while there's regret because they they shortened their opportunities to evolve their soul while they were here they make sure their loved ones know that that uh It's not some fiery place that they're in now, that they're surrounded by love, but yet they they cut short those opportunities to grow. But if I could share with you, in fact, I shared this at at your wonderful church, First Unity in St. Pete, um, when you allowed me to come and speak there. Um, I gave a session once where I actually felt a stabbing pain in my arm from a young man that had taken his own life by uh, an injection, an overdose in the arm. And he came through so forcefully to warn my client that another one of their living relatives was thinking of doing the same thing. 
and to try to give advice to how to help that other young man that was still here. It was the most tremendous session I've ever given. It was so powerful that one on the other side who had taken his own life came through to say, don't let that young man make the same mistake I did. And, and he's going to try again, was the message. And for me, this, this, this rational thinking left mind person to pass on a message like that was a big leap of faith, but it was so clear. And uh, sadly, I will tell you that just two weeks ago, I got an email from that woman, my client, and she said, I have to tell you that young man that the, um, the spirit on the other side was talking about that young man here did attempt to take his own life again. He didn't succeed but uh, I hope this is a, a big wake-up call that uh, we really need to pay attention to these messages. Oh, my word. So that, yeah, yeah that kind of confirms for me, you know, the thoughts that I've had before that I, I just feel that because life is such a gift and it's mm-hmm. such a, a natural process for each of us that for a person to take his or her own life, there must be somewhere some type of oh what was I thinking or what was I not thinking you know there must be some sitting um a space there that there is a a regret or uh wow you know it it seemed like the hard route but actually you know what were what was I you know doing in order to do this I will say that there's not a soul literally a soul that has not that has come through from the other side that took their own life that has not come through with an apology and the regret because that's why we're here now to develop our divinity, to learn to love more and in that way evolve our souls to to grow more while we're here. And if we take our own lives, that just takes away that gift of being able to grow here. Mm, That's so, so powerful. Um, I just love the work that you do, and I'm sure with the three or four hundred sessions that you've done, um, I I can only imagine the insight and the clarity that that people get of that, you know, reassurance. I've had experiences in my own life that a good friend of mine died when I was 30, and she communicates with me often in various ways and they're just fascinating, you know, in the way that she comes through. And I won't ever forget this um, one Sunday that uh, with my my father being dead since uh, 2002, I was, you know, I was brought up in the Southern way of don't share your family secrets. And even though I definitely share and, you know, I live out loud and all that, there's still that sensation within me that, you know, whenever I'm talking about my family stuff, you know, I remember all that hush, hush, you know, growing up. But I told the story at, you know, in front of the congregation about my dad being a rageaholic. And, you know, how it was just so you never knew, you know, unlike watching someone that drank, which, you know, I did that. But you could tell, okay, somebody's drinking, so therefore their personality is going to change. But with a rageaholic, you just never knew, you know, when Mm -hmm. something was going to happen. But anyway, so I told that story, and we have this garden um, on our campus, and we have these uh, memorial tiles um, that are cemented up on the wall. And so mine, one of mine is um, in dedication of my father, John David Hayes, you know, by, by his beloved daughter, you know, Reverend Temple, blah, blah, blah. 
<laughs> and that morning after that Sunday, the administrator called me and she said, you're not going to believe this. Your dad came unglued and he's laying, he's laying on the ground. And here's this tile, this sizable piece of tile that you could see the glue on the back of it. And it had fallen perfectly on the cement, didn't chip or anything, wow. Wow. <laughs> and under any circumstance, that thing would have burst, you know, into many pieces, but it didn't, and I got, okay, Dad, I get it. <laughs> yeah, you get it, and you know, you said the most wonderful thing there, that you sensed the presence of your friend who passed, and by you saying that, people will hear this show and say, well, I've had that sense, but I just kind of blew it off. And and by me talking, with my background as a Navy officer, people say, well, if she can believe that, I can believe that. Because Temple, people want to believe. More people than will admit it have these feelings that their loved ones are still with them. They have dreams that seem so real, but they don't want to believe it was a real visit. Or they, they smell a perfume, or they suddenly hear a thought, and they say, well, I'm just making that up. And I'm here to tell you, honor those those times, those instances, those wonderful visits from your loved ones, it's okay to believe in that. You're not crazy. There truly is life after this one, and our loved ones try in so many ingenious ways to get through to us, like coming unglued. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, and I'm, I'm sure you do too, that it's like intuition. We all have intuition. And intuition seems to work more for those of us that actually honor it, validate it, believe it, and trust it. And so, therefore, we have a lot of those ahas or those messages or, you know, and we can deeply feel it when we don't listen to ourselves because we've developed that it's more natural for us to follow our intuition. And that's been my experience in communicating with individuals too on the other side is the more I validate it, the more it's real to me, the more I go, okay, yes, all right, just let me know you're okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you, knowing a lot of people, I have a lot of people around me that have died. And so therefore, th- the signs are there and they, they cannot be denied. But I also expect to get those kind of experiences happening, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. it's not abnormal. It actually is is normal in our in the way that, that we live. I'm loving this conversation with Suzanne Giesman today. I'm Temple Hayes, and we are talking about tools in which um, individuals communicate with the people that have died in our lifetime. We're talking about the great work that Suzanne is doing, teaching people that it's all about love. You can go to her website, loveatthecenter.com. I also want to thank all of you that continue to support Unity Online Radio and giving your donations to us, which allows us to continue to be the voice for the awakening world. We'll be right back after break. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. 
My affirmation of faith is, I release and I let go. I release my desire to control people or situations. I let go of fear, worry, and doubt. I trust in divine power, which is infinitely capable of establishing right outcomes. I align myself with this power through prayer and meditation. Opening my mind and heart to the wisdom of the universe, I recall the promise, I am with you always to the end of the age. With this assurance, I find the strength to let go of anything holding me back. Letting go and letting God is a choice. It empowers me to move forward with ease and confidence. It provides me peace of mind and the assurance of divine order. As I let go and let God, I open the door to infinite possibilities. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word Digital Magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Good parenting doesn't happen by default. It's intentional. It's a decision about who you'll be and what you'll do in your family life. Join your hosts, Reverends Jennifer and Ogan Holder, each week for Unity Family Matters as they guide you on a spiritual journey, creating conscious family life. Experience the light side of parenting, realizing your divine identity while raising your children to know they are the light of God. Gain insights based on unity principles. Talk with today's prominent experts in spiritual parenting and address your questions and comments from spiritual perspectives. Unity Family Matters, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to From Good to Amazing with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Thank you, everyone, and this is certainly the kind of show today that you want to forward to all your family and your friends, because everybody that you know, either in your personal relationships, as co-workers, your peers, everybody has had some type of loss or tragedy in their lives where they've lost a loved one, and Suzanne Giesman and her work where she's able to communicate with people that are on the other side, not only gives people hope, but gives them the answer and the ability and the capacity to move forward and to release the grief. I, like you, Suzanne, I'm a strong advocate for the necessity of grief, understanding that we all must have our own individual process. Some people it's days, some people it's months, some people it's years. But on the other hand, I've always felt like the greatest gift we could give the people that we love is to move forward with life, to do things with action and with intention that would make them proud, if you will, of how we're continuing to live and live well. I wanted to talk today also about your book, Messages of Hope, and it's such an inspirational book. The people that read it are just so touched and moved, and you can find out more about the book at Suzanne's website, loveatthecenter.com. Dot com. Suzanne, tell us a little bit about the book, um, 
give us some information, connect us with some of the ideas. Well, thank you. Uh, the, the book, A Messages of Hope, is uh, the subtitle is The Metaphysical Memoir of a Most Unexpected Medium, and that would be me. So it's really my story of how I went from that very linear career as the Navy commander to this work as a spiritual teacher and a medium. Uh, people enjoy it because it gives them, like we were talking about earlier, the the permission to believe that this is real. And so it it takes people from doubt and disbelief to this full trust and knowingness that there's more to this life. And it shows how that's possible to attune to other dimensions through meditation and the kinds of wisdom that comes through when you do tap in. So uh, it's a story. It's uh, an entertaining story, although people say you better have your Kleenex box ready when you're reading the book. Um, that will that is opening minds and introducing people to concepts that previously they would not have uh, believed in. But I would like to invite uh, the listeners, Temple, to go to my website. That you mentioned loveatthecenter.com because on that homepage down at the bottom are several tools, and you talk about giving tools that will help people. I have uh, a uh, guided meditation that's free that people can download that will help clear your energy out, clear your chakras, these energy centers within your body, uh, something, again, that is not woo-woo, that's just science, that will help bring people right back to a place of peace and have more energy. Uh, there's also a link to a daily blog where I put down the, the wisdom that I hear every morning in meditation on that blog, and hundreds and hundreds of people tune into that every day just to get themselves centered, to start the day off right. And uh, when they start meditating, then they might not any longer need to go to a blog like that because they'll start receiving guidance themselves. Well, I I just want to say, too, for the record, what is um, very impressive. I know that you alluded to the fact earlier that you were in the military, therefore you were very disciplined. I was in the military, too, just a wind, a small window, by far <laughs> nothing that would, you know, would fall pell in comparison to you. But, um, you know, sometimes it works the opposite, that people that have had such a disciplined life, they're no longer interested in discipline anymore. I just want to say that's impressive of how you're able to, you know, do these type of rituals each and every day. Do you, is it just because of the benefits that you see on the other side that keep you willing or is there something that you, that you do? Because I know there's lots of people listening and they're going, gosh, you know, I, I started doing that exercise thing and, you know, I did it. My friend used to say, um, when I used to ask him, you know, how are you so successful at your exercise program? And he said, I always remember I'm one day away from never doing it again. (laughs) (laughs) He said, because once I, you know, once I take off, the next thing you know, it's been a month and um, I'm not able to do it. Is there something that is that self-starting commitment that you have, Um, you know, help us out? Suzanne. Well, it was the first three weeks that I started meditating. I knew I was, I, it was pure discipline then because I thought this is not having any benefit. What is the point of this? But it's after that, when you start to notice that you're more calm throughout your day, you respond more peacefully to things that would have triggered your anger at other times. And, and then you start to have that knowingness, you feel that connection. And when you have those experiences, those wonderful occasional experiences in meditation, where you feel that bliss that's our true nature, then you just keep coming back for more. 
And it's the people that get away from meditation that remember those times that then go back to it. So, yes, it's, it's for the experience of it that I meditate and, and also to keep my link with the, the other dimensions nice and strong. Uh, people tell me, well, I don't have the discipline to do that. Well, I think that a, an affirmation would turn that around. You see, they're telling themselves that I don't have that discipline. Everybody has it. If any one person can do anything that you want to do, there's no reason you can't do it too. So I can do it. You can do it. You actually just have to make yourself your first priority. Hmm. That's a that's a powerful one right there. I I tell people that you know people are always talking about their to do list. And I always ask them, did they put their name on there as well? <laughs> because and, that's... And you know, I, I said make yourself your first priority, and we could capitalize that as, as make yourself your higher self, make spirit, and make God your higher priority. And that's what you're doing in meditation is communicating, communing with God, with spirit, and there can be no higher priority than that because that's why we're here. Well, I'm looking forward to listening to your um, meditation on on your website, loveatthecenter.com, and I would urge others to get to do that as well to tap into that because initially, you know, it helps to have some type of tool that you could use that gets you into that into that ritual. Are you an, a really early morning person? Oh, I am. <laughs> I'm a real morning person. But I'm also, once I get going and get wound up, I don't slow down. So that's why it's really important for me to meditate first thing in the morning. Otherwise, my brain gets going. I get on that to-do list that you were talking about, and it's very easy to let the meditation slip by the wayside. So I make it my top priority, and it's the first thing I do. Brush my teeth and then sit down to meditate. So that's a real good tip for, for anybody else. Put it right there in the very beginning part of your mm-hmm. day. Oh, yeah. yeah. When we talk about love at the center, um, and you are traveling all over the country and you're sharing some of these ideas, what's another tool, Suzanne, that people can work with or tools in order <laughs> to to do their best to have that intentionality of coming from the center of love. Well, right now I have this cheap little ring on my little finger and it's a little loose so that it reminds me that it's there and I switch it from hand to hand so I always remember it's there. And it's my reminder to ask myself, am I being the presence of love? When that ring makes its presence known by almost falling off my finger, I say, ooh, have I responded to everything with love today? Am I being my true self? Because that's what love-centered living is. It's realizing we're not the separate beings that our egos would like us to believe we are. And it's responding to every opportunity that comes up from minute to minute in our lives with love instead of anger or fear or judgment. So my little tool is to have this little ring and, and to say, oh, yeah, am I being the presence of love? That's absolutely fascinating. I just got goosebumps or god bumps um i like to say god bumps um because i too have a ring on my middle finger no that's way. too big <laughs> yes way it's too big i got it at a uh, catholic community it's the like the gratitude ring and um 
and it's just too big. So it sometimes it's almost like going to fall off my finger. But when I become mindful of it, I'm like, what have I been thankful for today? You know, am I living in a place of gratitude? Isn't that something? Who would, who would know, right? Who would know? <laughs> but those little things help, and they really make such a big difference in a way of that connection. And I, I love these kind of tools. And in fact, you know, I take it a step further. The, the band that I have on my little finger right now, and I'm playing with it as I'm talking to you, is just a gold band, like a wedding band, this one. And um, I say this one because they fall off all the time and I have to get a new one. <laughs> but this one is gold because it reminds me of, of that force that directs all of us, that flows through us, that is us. It's guiding, organizing, loving, and designing. G-O-L-D. <laughs> Okay, say that again. This gold that, band that was reminds powerful. Me. We're not going to just slide about that one. We all need to write that one down. Yeah, the gold band reminds me of our source, which is guiding, organizing, loving, and designing. Oh, that's so powerful. That is really good. <laughs> good job, Suzanne. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> and little inspiration you know we i tell people we all take uh, credit for these so-called brilliant thoughts and ideas that we have but the more i tune into the other side the more i know we have these little helpers that are constantly putting these thoughts and inspirations in our mind and then they then we go and take credit for it and they're up there laughing at us so uh, uh i really really encourage everybody listening to to meditate more often so that you hear those little thoughts those nudges get that guidance be inspired and know that it's coming from within you, yes, but from a source much greater than this little ego self that's running around that thinks it's the center of the universe. <laughs> I, someone said to me one time uh, that the teachings of Abraham, they said, did you know that that's, you know, channel material? And I went, to me, everything is channeled. <laughs> that's exactly you know, right. We're just all walking around like little, little radios, all of us, and we're just... Yeah downloading of what we give permission to express through us and whence it comes um, is a whole other idea of fascination <laughs> but the fact yeah. that we think that we own it or it belongs to us like you said is just um, very ego driven it's the ability to just to just listen well I'm Temple Hayes and I want to thank all of you for listening today to one of um, the great teachers about the possibilities of your life. And I want to urge you again to go to Suzanne Giesman's website, loveatthecenter.com. You can find out lots of information, and you don't have to let this hour of power end here, but yet you can delve more into some of the work that she's doing and also learn with your own stillness and ability of how to live a more amazing life. Suzanne, thank you so much for being on our show today. It's been a privilege having you as a guest. And please let me know if there's anything I can ever do for you out in the field. Thank you for doing the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you, Temple, and thank you for your work for helping so many. We're all in this together. God bless you, everyone. Thank you for joining in. And please, again, I urge you to share this specific show to all your families and friends so that they, too, can have the messages of hope. There you go. Have a a great, great um, beginning right here and right now. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. 
Thank you for tuning in to From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Monday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern for more tools to move your life from good to amazing. This program is brought to you in part by Temple Hayes Ministries online at www.templehays.org and First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. Online at www.unitycampus.org. place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and to join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, Good Questions. We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share, to be fruitful, and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Rev. Beverly Molander and her guest on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how you can activate your own power of yes. Using affirmative prayer, or positive intention, can make a big difference in the way you think, feel, and live. If you want help moving from chaos to clarity in relationships, health, prosperity, or work, this is the place for you. We'll have some how-to suggestions about how you can say yes more often from this point forward. Talk with Beverly Molander and her guest live every Monday at noon central or 1 p.m. Eastern. Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.